This is The Guardian. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. We're just one week away from Christmas. And on Sunday night, the UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson gave us some bad news about the Omicron variant. Earlier today, the UK's four chief medical officers raised the COVID alert level to four, its second highest level, because of the evidence that Omicron is doubling here in the UK every two to three days. And we know from bitter experience how these exponential curves develop. In the face of rapidly rising cases, he announced that all adults are being offered a booster vaccination by the end of December. Do not make the mistake of thinking Omicron can't hurt you, can't make you and your loved ones seriously ill. By Monday morning, the NHS website for booking booster appointments was already experiencing difficulties as vast numbers of people logged on to schedule their vaccinations. And there were huge queues across the country at walk-in centres. I went onto the website and it kept taking me through all of the steps. And then it would get to finding somewhere locally and I would click on it and then it would take me back to the beginning. Uh, and then eventually I just thought, I'll go to a drop-in. But as we race to get jabbed, the Omicron variant is spreading fast. Models have predicted a tidal wave of cases approaching. And with the news that one person has now died after being infected with the new variant... There's a very big question. Will the boosters be enough? From The Guardian, I'm Madeleine Finlay, and this is Science Weekly. For an update on what we know so far about Omicron, and how much difference the boosters could make, I got Guardian science editor Ian Sample on the line. Ian, how are you this morning? I'm fine. Good. We certainly haven't got a scarcity of things to talk about today. Could you give us an update on how quickly Omicron is spreading and how we expect those numbers to rise in the next few weeks? 
It's spreading incredibly fast and the chances are that it will be the dominant variant in the UK within a couple of weeks. And that's because it's transmitting probably about three times faster than Delta under the existing, you know, sort of measures we had in place. So this is incredibly transmissible. And a lot of that seems to be down to its ability to evade the vaccine. So you're able to tear through a much larger proportion of the population than, than Delta could because the vaccines held up better against Delta. There has been a lot of discussion about whether this Omicron variant could lead to milder symptoms in comparison to the Delta variant. But even if that does turn out to be true, the fact that it's so much more transmissible means that it is potentially much more dangerous. Oh, absolutely. And if a variant becomes more transmissible, that will quite often trump any reduction in in the severity of the illness that it causes. And we have to be, I think, extremely cautious at the moment about whether there is any intrinsic reduction in the in the severity of the illness that Omicron causes. Let's say you had a thousand cases of Delta, and you might expect maybe, say, 1% of those go into hospital. So you've got 10 people in hospital. With Omicron, you'd have 3,000 cases a day spreading that much faster. Even if only half a percent of those go into hospital, that's still 15 people out of that number. So we can absolutely end up with more people in hospital than we had in our worst peak so far, which was in January with the Alpha variant. And in an effort to stop this oncoming tidal wave of Omicron cases, which could soon engulf us, the government has announced a plan to offer a booster vaccination to every adult in the UK by the end of the month, which is going to require a mammoth effort by the NHS. How likely is it, do you think, that we're actually going to be able to hit this target? I, th I think it's going to be extremely difficult. And I, I do think it's part of the sort of framing of this whole crisis to just make it clear to people that this is a very serious moment in this pandemic and we have to move very fast. I honestly don't know what we will achieve. I mean, the, the, the most number of vaccinations we've done in one day in this country was a little over 840,000 first and second jabs into people. Now, we're looking at beating that every day. I think it's a, an extremely big ask of an NHS, which is obviously already going into winter pressures. So yeah, I think it's a target that is set to make everyone aware of how urgent this is. So tell me about why the government has pushed the boosters. How much does your protection go up if you have a booster jab? It's actually pretty impressive. I mean, the first real world data on this came from the UK Health Security Agency, and they had run a study which showed that after a few months of your second shot of AstraZeneca, your protection against symptomatic infection was practically zero. But if you had a booster, it would take that up to about 71%. Now, if you had two shots originally of Pfizer and then you had your booster, in that case, your immunity was boosted from, say, about 35% up to about 75%. So the booster is having a a really substantial effect. And this is a just against symptomatic infection. You would expect those numbers all to be higher against hospitalisation and higher still against death. 
Okay, so boosters really do ramp up your protection in comparison to just having two vaccinations. How do they improve immunity so much? Well, we know that the immunity that you get from the vaccination, but also from from natural infection, wanes over time. And so what the booster does is gives you a, a pretty dramatic ramp up in your levels of antibodies. And also with that third shot, the antibodies are becoming sort of more effective so that when they are deployed, they're actually you know going to be able to gum up the virus a bit better. Now, the other thing we need to talk about is the sort of T-cell response. And the T-cells are going after infected cells and they really seem to be more important for protecting you against the severity of the disease. So if your immune system through its T-cells can destroy a lot of the infected cells, that is seems to be a pretty robust effect that you're getting from the vaccines. So clearly the boosters are going to be key against Omicron, but obviously they can't do everything. And we've got other measures in place. Last week, the government moved England to plan B. So that's working from home where we can and having mandatory masks in most indoor places, as well as subject to a vote in Parliament, COVID passes to attend particular events and large venues. Are these measures going to be enough No one thinks that those measures are going to be enough to stop Omicron. So you you might remember from earlier on in the pandemic, we all got paranoid or or very, you know, vigilant on looking at the R value and whether R was above one or below one. And if it's above one, then basically the virus is spreading and the epidemic is growing. I haven't come across anybody who thinks that these measures um, in plan B are going to be anything like enough to take R below one for Omicron. It's just too high. So what you can hope for, though, is that you maybe extend the doubling time. So instead of cases doubling every two days, every two and a half days, maybe it'll be doubling every five days. And that can be helpful in that it will give you more time to get boosters into more people. Um, but I think it, it isn't going to change you know, the fact that we are going to have a big peak of cases come January, probably. How big could this peak be? What kind of case numbers are we potentially looking at? Well, we know that we may be looking at a million Omicron infections in the UK come the end of the month. And I think what we probably care about more are the hospitalizations. And the the modeling that came out at the weekend from the Lund School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, they were putting hospitalizations anywhere between 2,000 and 8,000 a day um, dip at the peak, depending on on just the various measures, basically how effective those vaccines are against Omicron, against severe disease and so on, which, which are just unknowns at the moment. So to put that in perspective, we had in January, which was our biggest peak of hospitalizations so far in the pandemic, we had over 4,000 hospitalizations a day. So, you know, we could be looking at maybe half that number of hospitalizations at the peak of this one or or twice as many. I mean, that's how big the error bars are on this. To bring down that peak and push it towards the bottom end of the error bar, could we potentially need other measures as well? Well, we know there's this very blunt but effective instrument called a lockdown that does do the job. Um, You know, that is your last resort for very good reasons. And it's clear government will be trying to do everything else possible so that we don't have to do that. Nobody wants to do that. So 
There is more you can do around requiring people to do more lateral flow tests. You can tighten up the mask mandates. There is a lot we can do in schools because when, when schools go back in January, you get a peak in respiratory infections anyway. And I think we have done very little that's been effective in schools on ventilation. More can be done on mask wearing. Some of these things aren't popular. Testing as well. But I think, you know, to get us through January, that that, that is going to be a big issue to sort out. And, and we haven't been very good on that so far. Ian, it's Christmas next week. I imagine a lot of people are asking you what they should be doing. And I'm going to do exactly the same thing. What do you think we can do personally to reduce our risk and help keep ourselves and the people around us as safe as possible? I think it really is actually just the familiar things that we've been having to think about in the past when we have been facing a, a surge in cases. And I'm, I'm thinking back to this time basically last year. Can we meet up outside where we know the risks are going to be lower? Are we going to wear masks? Are we going to socially distance? It's very simple how this virus spreads. It spreads when people are in close contact with each other. So there is some decision making you have to do around whether I do I really want to go to that party indoors that's going to have, you know, 100 people at before I go and see my family? Or do I want to, you know, there's some things I'm, I'm actually going to sacrifice. It's the sort of risk assessment we've all been been doing and having to get used to, I think. Ian, I have no doubt that there will be plenty more coming out in the next week. So thank you very much for speaking to us and we'll be keeping up to date with everything you're reporting on. You're welcome. Thanks again to Ian. We've put links to the NHS website for booking booster jabs, as well as The Guardian's reporting on COVID and the Omicron variant on the podcast webpage at theguardian.com. Now... Before you hit pause, I want to tell you about The Guardian and Observer's annual charity appeal. Every year, we reach out to you, our readers and listeners, and ask you to help make a difference to people's lives. And if you're a regular Guardian reader or listener to our podcasts, you'll know how severely the climate crisis is affecting people across the globe. So this year, we're partnering with charities that are focused on grassroots initiatives – that are directly reaching those whose lives, homes and communities have been devastated by the climate crisis. If you can, donate today at theguardian.com forward slash charity 2021. That's theguardian.com forward slash charity 2021. Thank you. And that's it from us today. Stay safe. We'll be back on Thursday. See you then. This is The Guardian. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including prime ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, 
they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts.